Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. This week we're starting a series that's about relationships. And, you know, there's really, I mean, we pretty much know that we should be nicer to everybody around us, right? I mean, that's kind, of the thro- that's kind of the gist of the sermon. Be nice, don't be a jerk, quit being selfish, love one another, the end. Amen? <laughs> and then it's like we just close and go home from there. But why? Why do we find ourselves continually in those situations over and over and over again where afterward you're like, why did I say it that way? Or maybe you're not even aware. You just look around and everybody else is, is like, you know, if you, if, if you I, I challenge you this week, I'm going to give you some homework and give you several things to do, but I challenge you this week, watch the people around you when you communicate with them. Look at their body language. Look at how they respond to you. Look at the impact you're having on people. And, and, and it's not that you get to judge them. I'm not, you know, this is not a license to judge, but this these next three messages are really going to be geared toward helping you become self-aware and helping you take responsibility over your impact on other people because you have the spirit of the living God within you. And that spirit is the most loving. It is love. And its impact, its desire is to love others. In fact, it's the strategy that we've been given to love one another And they'll know that we follow Jesus as we love one another. And our unity in love will compel them to believe that God sent Christ into the earth. That's the strategy, love. Amen? But starting off, when you talk about a relationship series, uh, sometimes it's kind of like you end it. One or the other feels like, well, I've always done more in this relationship than the other one. (laughs) And, And that may be true. And, and so you hear this, a series like this, and it's like, finally, I got some, I've got some excuse to just not do anything for a little while. I'm going to wait for you to do something for a change, you know. And so d- please do not use any of this information as an opportunity to judge one another, as an opportunity to justify your actions. You know, let me just, I'll just tell you, your spouse, your children, your loved ones cannot read your mind. The key to successful relationship is communicate, communicate, communicate. And so we're just going to talk about a few things, right? Because it's the deepest desire that people have. I'll just say right off the bat, no, it's no one's responsibility to make you happy. Do you know the definition of the word blessed? Happy. Happy. You ever heard a sermon that says, well, God said we can be joyful but not happy? You ever heard that preached? I've heard it. It's like, you you know, you you can be joyful but not happy. So don't, let's not use this stuff that we're going to go over to beat each other up. It's a commitment to walking in love. But it's nobody else's responsibility for you to be happy. You will be happy when you know that you're blessed. When you understand that God has blessed you with everything that he has to give you, he has blessed you with spiritual blessings in heavenly places and heaven is in you. He has given you great and precious promises so that you would be a partaker of his divine nature. 
right here on this planet, on this earth. If you want to be happy, discover how to let God bless you. And that's what we spend so much time talking about is uh, identity and, and trying to get the proper perspective of the true character of God in place so that you will trust him. And as you trust him, you will follow him naturally. As you know, the more you know you're a sheep, the more you will follow him. His sheep know his voice. It's not about getting everything right. It's understanding who you are in him. And then he will lead you and guide you in all truth. He will tweak and move and you know, guide you. He will actually guide you, but you have to step out there and make a decision. So it's nobody else's responsibility for you to be happy. If you're unhappy, that's your own fault. Amen? Amen. Well, yeah, but my dad did this. Well, I understand that, and that's tragic, and I'm not downplaying that. I'm not at all removing the, the, the horrific past, but you've got a choice now. Are you going to let that past still define you today? You know, like when you think about relationships with men or with women or, or with whatever context, you know, does you, is your boss paying your bill for what your dad did to you? Is your husband paying the bill? for what your dad did. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, all right, right now, today, unless there is active abuse happening, which needs to be dealt with, and that's, a, that's, an, that's on you as well to take action, it is your responsibility to discover just how blessed you are in Christ. And that be the peace that you live from. To understand the peace that you have with God and rest in that identity in Him, everything else flows from that. Because that's what's going on inside of your heart. Discover how blessed you are in Christ, and that is your happiness. You know, it's not the drugs, it's not the pills, it's not the alcohol, it's not the whatever we choose. It's understanding what God has done for us. It's the most basic message, but I'm telling you, it's the solution, it's the answer. So, honestly, if you're in challenging and difficult relationships, whether it be spouse or you know, kids or whatever it is, whatever, however this information relates to you these next couple of weeks, look at it and realize, okay, am I happy? Am I at peace inside? And then let's deal with this stuff. No one owes you happiness. They owe you love and respect, and that's different, right? Your happiness comes from your value, from understanding who you are in Him. Amen? But we can communicate this love to people, and there are people that are hurting in our lives. There are people that, you know, that need to experience the love of God, that don't know the true character of who God is. You may be sitting here in church, and your spouse is somewhere else, or, you know, you may both be here, but one of you doesn't want to be here. I don't know. There may be all kind of different scenarios. But for one of you to understand, you know what, I'm going to go first. That's the title of today's message, Love Goes First is choosing to go first because I am taking the responsibility to put my heart at peace, to understand who I am in Christ, to live from a place of confidence in this covenant that I have with Christ. Doesn't matter what's going on around me. Doesn't matter how unhappy this person is. Doesn't matter how, you know, difficult they are to live with or whatever. I am first going to make sure that I'm at peace. And I'm telling you, and some of you have experienced this, when you choose peace, when you choose to understand who you are in Christ, the other person watches you, and, it, and it's like it, it's a ripple effect, you know? I, I, I believe we tune each other, like a guitar string, right? You know, if you, you pick a guitar string and the other things start resonating on that same frequency, it's like when you start resonating on happy, 
It's going to be infectious. It's gonna, it might make some people around you really mad because they don't want you to be happy because they're not happy. But you know what? You just keep walking in love. Choose love. Love goes first. We love, see, we are to love like he loved us. And we love him because he loved us. Now, there's an interesting thing about humans. And, you know, we're not that complicated. Like, we think we're all so special and individual and unique. You're not. You're not that different than everybody else. <laughs> I mean, you're as equally loved as God, by God, as everyone else. But, you know, everybody needs food. Everybody needs some shelter. Everybody wants interactions and healthy relationships. I was thinking about this. Pretty much the only thing that makes us different is what we like to wear and what we like to look at and what we like to listen to. Oh, that's just my own personal thought. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, we all want the same things. We all need the same things. But I like these type, this type of art, and you like that kind of I like this kind of music. You like that kind of music. Or then if you talk about scripture, we all really fundamentally, people that say or at the end of the day have disagreed on Christian doctrine, if you bring it back to the core principles, even those people pretty much agree and want the same things. We're not that different. And what people want is love and respect. It's even the context of marriage. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved. You, equal, you, you submit to one another, it's interesting how I get these questions. I get questions from all over the place. And, you know, usually if it's a marriage problem, they forget the part about submit to one another. And then it's love your husbands, love your wives of Christ, love the church, and wives respect your husband. That's like the first thing I do in marriage counseling. All right, how can you love her? How can you respect him? Because that's what each one of you want, and, that's, and you both get to go first. So I was, you know, like you do on vacation, I was uh, watching YouTube videos, and I was watching uh, and reading about artificial intelligence. It's kind of scary. The robots are getting ready to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I ran across this one, and it was this girl, and she, she is a, a chatbot coder. And what a chat bot is, is like if you go online and you want to make adjustments to like your Verizon bill or whatever kind of online bill, and that little thing pops up, would you like to chat with someone right now? You're not actually chatting with someone. You're chatting with a chat bot. And it has all of the data of your account and all of that, and they've programmed it to simulate conversation like you're talking to a human. And so, I, you know, I did that. I went into Verizon, looked at some things, and was looking around, and, I, and I'm thinking, man, this thing sounds like a human. It's really interesting. They've even encoded little things in there to be like, you know, have a great day or something like that, you know. <laughs> and, and, and so this woman was a chatbot encoder. And so what they do is the companies that they represent, they, they take all of the data about that company, they take all of the data about your account, and any, and they, they, forecast the questions that you might want to know because, you know, it's all the same questions that people have. And so when you're typing, it gives you back this answer. Well, this particular lady had a, a male friend that she lived apart from. She was, you know, it was a distant relationship. They weren't, uh, you know, it wasn't a romantic or intimate relationship. They were just really good friends. And so their relationship revolved mostly around texting. And she would have the, they would have these hours-long conversations on text. Well, this guy passed away. 
And so she found herself still wanting that interaction with him, but, you know, she, he was gone. So she would go back. She would read through all these texts and just go back and remember and re-experience the emotions and remember the life events that she had. And, you know, we're talking years of data of these texts that she had saved and she'd scroll through. Well, because of her unique skill set, she decided to create a chat bot and plug all of his conversations into it so that when she talked to it, it would respond to her, but the data that it was responding from was their conversations. And so it, it kind of, she gave it a little bit of an intelligence and it would answer uniquely, not just the same answers, but sounding like this guy. So she took also the dad, the texts from other people that knew him, and she plugged, because apparently he did this with a lot of people, and she plugged all this information. Somebody's putting jackets on back there. Would you mind pump up the air? So, so she's got this chat bot, and it's Roman. Her friend's name was Roman. And so she has these conversations, and she shares it with other people that knew him. And they're texting, and she, she said she, she put it, she created an app, put it on her phone, so she'd open up this app, and she would text, and she would have these conversations. And she said it was a real, it was, it was releasing for her, but it also she would catch herself and think, oh, my gosh, he's, he's gone. This is not actually real, you know. But what she was getting out of it was a very real process for her. So they put this thing online, and I think it's called um, Replica. And they opened it to a few different people. You're nodding your head, is that right? You've heard of it, Replica? Replica with a K. Have you, been, have you ever gone into it? It's interesting, though. They opened it up, and they, it was by invitation only. I don't know where it is right now, but other people they gave access to. And so they interviewed. They kept up with these people of what was going on and had their experience with these conversations. And so, you know, most of them were 20s and 30s. And they gave these accounts like they would go in and they would find themselves having hours-long conversations with Roman, the replica. And so they interviewed them, and all of the interviewees were like, you know, it was just really, it was really great to have someone. I, felt it was, I knew that it wasn't real, but I felt like that this person understood me. And I felt like that I could just be real with this person. And then sometimes they would say, but it really was strange to me because, you know, it wasn't a real person and I would catch myself and I would have to process through this isn't real. But what they were feeling was real. And they discovered that a lot of people had the same exact encounter and that was they because this bot was programmed essentially to not talk about itself other than to give illustrations of how it identified with what you were talking about these people had a shared common experience with this guy in the machine that they felt like they didn't feel judged. They felt like th that he heard them, and they felt like he was genuinely interested in them. Now, these are my takeaways. You know, this wasn't like some psychological thing. I just noticed in all these interviews, and I started thinking about that. It's like, you know, that's what humans want. That is what people want. We don't want to be judged. We want to feel like people are actually genuinely interested in what we're doing. And whatever that third thing was, I forgot about that. What did I say it was? <laughs> yeah, a, genu a genuine interest, you know. And I started thinking about that. And I think that's why some people become addicted to counseling or online chatting or whatever. It's because it's, it's one of the only opportunities you get to have conversations with humans. And you don't get 
the other person's selfishness regurgitated back on you. It's, it's bizarre how selfish we are. Most people, when you have a conversation with them, they're not really listening. They're waiting for their chance to respond. You do it too. We all do it. I do it. We all do it. And I started thinking about that. You know, interesting lesson we can learn from a chat bot. So that's the first challenge to you is, you know, do you actually listen to people? When people are talking to you, pay attention to what your thoughts are. Are they listening and understanding or seeking to understand the person before you respond? Or do you have all this data that you already have in your mind that you're just waiting to give back to them, maybe to impress them of how much you know? Or maybe, you know, this happens a lot. You can have an in-depth conversation with someone, and the moment you say something that they disagree with, you, they've shut off, and they start seeking to validate their own opinion. I say they because you never do that, right? I want you to notice a few things, right? I've got these cards that I'm going to pass out toward the end here. But one of the things that I want you to notice is how are you responding to people? What is in your head when other people are talking? Specifically, your spouse, your kids, whatever it is, what's in your head? Is it your own thoughts about you, what you want them to know? Or are you genuinely listening to them? and seeking to respond to them in respect and honor and love for what they're talking about. You know, I've heard so many times I sit in counseling, and it's, it's, not, you know, it's, not a, it's not a gender thing per se, but it tends to happen more this way. Women feel this way more so than men, and, the, and women will say, well, you know, I don't really want him to tell me what I'm supposed to do. I just want him to listen. And, and men are like, Let's fix this thing. Let's do it. Let's fix it, you know. Not, you know, I mean, it works both ways. But in general, you know, are we listeners? Are, are we on a pursuit? Because here's the deal. And I'm telling you, I learned this lesson, and it, it's, it helped me in counseling and just in relationship in general. And that is the Holy Spirit is the only entity in existence that knows what that person needs to do. You might think you know what they need to do, but you don't really know what they need to do. I mean, you might give people some tips and hints and tricks and, you know, a little bit of wisdom and information, and you might identify with them. There might be some instances where it's like, all right, you know, if you're talking about debt or something like that, financial debt, it's like, all right, take these steps, because this is what the Bible says about debt. Do this. And it's interesting that people are, won't do it, but anyway. But when you're talking to people, you know, pay attention. That's the first thing. Notice where, what's in your mind. What are you hearing? What are your thoughts while other people are speaking? And now you're going to realize how selfish you are, but it's all right. Just go ahead and repent. Go ahead and forgive yourself now and choose to listen. Say, I will listen. That was kind of half-hearted, but you know, we'll get there. <laughs> Is this making sense to you? I mean, what, what do you think your marriage would look like or your relationship with your kids would look like if you listened first to seek to understand them. Now, I have a couple teenagers. I don't think they have ears. I don't think their ears start working until about, what, 25 or something? I don't know. But you try to apply these principles, 
And because this is what's going to happen. You're going to try to have these conversations and people, because they're not going to do the same thing. You found this great and wonderful information. You're like, oh, I'm going to listen. Bless God, I love this person so much. I'm actually going to listen to what they're saying. But they ain't listening to you. It's, you're going to get real frustrated. I'm just telling you right off the bat, that's what's going to happen. You're going to do it. They're not going to do it. You're going to want to quit. Don't quit. Okay? Say, I will not quit. That was a little better. So that's the thing. When they're speaking, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about what you need to say? Or are you actually seeking to understand? You know, That's like communication 101. One of the first things that you do is you seek to understand before seeking to be understood. You have to understand what this person is actually saying and identify with them and connect and, and get their way of thinking. My teenager point was you could sit down and explain things to them, and it's like they are not going to see it a different way. They are not going to understand from where you're trying to come from. It's like, nope, this is my perspective. This is how I see it. I'm right. I don't care. Wait, am I talking about religious people or teenagers? I don't know. Let's see. Both. So the second thing is acknowledge. Acknowledge what it is that you are understanding about this person. You know, a lot of, it's, it's a basic communication thing. When someone's speaking, you say back to them what they just said to make sure that you understood it, right? And sometimes you might say back to somebody and they're like, here's interesting, because sometimes people don't even know what it is that they think and what they're saying. You'll say back to them exactly what they just said and they'll say, well, no, that's not what I meant. And so you kind of go around this mountain four or five times but you're establishing a dialogue. You're establishing a communication where you actually are trying to understand where this person is coming from. You know, it's not just you in this world imposing your hurts and your past on everybody around you. Everybody's got hurts and everybody's got a past. Amen? So that's why you have to first understand who you are in Christ and then deal with this stuff outwardly. Notice and acknowledge. The notice and acknowledge goes two different ways. What I want you to acknowledge is, what is this person doing in my life that I can be thankful for? Now, this, this has a lot, this is probably more in marriage than any, any other way, or you guys are engaged, you know, you start looking at this, how to fine tune. But when you notice that the other person is understanding or is acting on love or is seeking to, you know, actually hear you and put into practice the things that you guys have discussed and stick to a plan or whatever, acknowledge it. Notice and acknowledge. Say that with me. Notice and acknowledge. Because it's, it's one thing to notice your own thoughts, but also start to notice what the, what the other person is putting forth effort in. Because hopefully if you're married and you're hearing this and people that are watching online and you start to actually do these things and you notice that they're doing it back to you, acknowledge it. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for taking out the trash without me having to ask. Thank you for, you know, whatever. I mean, it's the little things that make or break relationships. I have never once sat down in a counseling conversation and asked a couple, what do you want? And one of them say, I want them to build the Taj Mahal in my backyard. It's, you know, not one person has ever asked for something that's impossible. It's usually very, I want, you know, I want, them to, I want them to spend a little bit of time. I want them to quit yelling. I want them to, you know, quit 
smoking weed all the time, all you know, whatever it is. It's usually not that hard of a thing to engage, but because we aren't seeking to love and respect, you know, it, we make it complicated. And the biggest thing is, is that when you feel misunderstood, you know, when you feel misunderstood, and you might genuinely be in a relationship where that person is not getting it, but you cannot live in the, in the pain of being misunderstood. Does that make sense to you? Because when you live out of this thing of nobody understands me, they just don't get it, or this person doesn't get it, this person, and, I, and, and I'm just going to shell up and go into my heart and I'm just prickly. And, you know, this person is not aware that they're actually doing that, but they're doing it. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you live with someone like that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> I saw a hand. Is that a half hand back there? I'm telling them. I'm not going to tell you who it was. Notice and acknowledge. Because that's one of the biggest things is that we don't feel appreciated. We don't feel genuinely like people are genuinely interested in us. But taking the lesson from Roman, the chatbot, think about that when you're having conversations. You know, when you're talking to people, when you're listening to what they're saying, is this person going to walk away from you feeling loved and confirmed or judged? Do you even care? That's a big one. Do you even care? Do you even care what kind of impact you have on people? I don't, it's not my problem. I'm just doing me. I'm just being me. They felt that way? That's their problem. I don't care. Well, that's all right, big boy. Tough guy. I understand that. However, you're commanded to walk in love toward one another to the degree that it shows the world that we love, that we follow Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to become this squishy, ooey-gooey wimp. It just means you're choosing to actually listen and engage and respond. Because what people want, they want to feel, they don't want to feel judged. They want to feel like people are actually listening to them, and they want to feel appreciated and understood. You know, that, that should be our goal, right, is to seek to understand people around us. Because it's the commandment. You know, the biblical context of this is we are to love as Christ loved us, and we love him because he first loved us. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, all right, this sounds really great. I can't wait for my spouse to do this. (laughs) You're kind of missing the point. Love goes first. Amen? Well, but it's been a year. Well, you got a lifetime with this person. How, you know, you're going to quit now? Well, you know, they just, they don't get it. I, I've, people, it, it's, it's incredible how impatient we are at implementing a strategy of love because we try it and it doesn't get reciprocated immediately and so we just stop. I mean, think about this. What if the body of Christ actually lived from this place of confidence and peace in Christ and was not reactionary and intentionally walked in love toward the people around us. I mean, what would our Christian homes look like? You know, because that Christianity is the only set of beliefs that preaches that. People would say that Buddhism preaches that, but it, it doesn't. 
Buddhism is so self-centered, it's all about me. It's all about me breaking free from karma. It's all about me getting rid of my ego, you know. It's Christianity that says, no, it's our love for one another that will actually change the world. You know, does your, is your marriage a reflection of God to the degree that people look at it and say, you know, there, there's something different about them because of how they're walking in love toward one another? Well, it, you know what? It's just me and this person against the world. No, it's not. I, I'm telling you, everybody feels disconnected. Everybody feels like you're in a unique situation and nobody really gets where you are. Everybody feels like I'm different and I'm in this place and everybody else is in some other place. Have you ever felt like that? I'm telling you, everybody feels that way. So just go ahead and realize I'm not that special. I'm going to get over myself and I'm going to walk in love toward people. Amen? All right, now for spouses. And I'm going to give you these. It's got a notice and acknowledge section. And then it's got a love language section. How many of you have ever done the five love languages profile? You know, it's interesting. I was talking to Jason, and, and he had a similar experience of what I've had and what I've heard a lot of people say. The five love languages, which I'm going to recommend, you know, I'm giving you lots of homework. This says notice and acknowledge. There's a little bit of an instruction. And there's my love language and his or her love language. So I want you this week to go to 5lovelanguages.com, the number 5, 5lovelanguages.com, and go through it and take the profile and email the results to whoever it is that you're going to engage in this process with because you're going to work on each other. You're going to work together with each other in this process. In the notice section, it's, you can do one of two things or you can do both. Notice what's going on in your own head when other people are talking or, and, and, or, notice what this other person is doing to bring love and respect into your home. Because so many times this happens, and it's interesting, you'll have a married couple, and they come in, and they'll start talking about each other, and they look at each other, and they're like, I've never heard you. And it's complimentary. It's, it's actually building one another up, and they look, and they're like, I, I've never heard him say those things to me. It's the first time I've ever heard him say anything like that. Don't be that guy. Please don't be that guy. Because I, I, why, why do we do that? You can look at someone, right? You, this spouse or your kid, you can look at them, and in your mind, you are feeling gratitude and appreciation, and you're feeling love for this person, and you're feeling like, I'm so thankful for this, this, and this, and what they've done, but you don't say it. Why do we do And it's almost like it won't come out of our mouth. You start to say, thank you, or I love you, or that was amazing what you did. Why? Why do we not do that? I do it too. You know, we, I th either, either we forget or there's something there that we feel like we want to hold against this person. And if we say it, it makes us feel weak or something. I don't know. Why do we do that? Why don't we just say what's on our mind? Some people have no filter. Don't be that person either. But, you know, <laughs> leave you out of this. Okay. She said, leave me out. She said it. No filter. Are you, are you, are you with me? You know, and, and I don't want to give you steps or formulas. I kind of want to talk about this as a general philosophy and give you a little bit of practicality to work with 
and then you go live your dream, you know, you go put this into practice. So with notice, it's going to be either, I'm notice, this is what I notice that this other person is bringing into our relationship, the good stuff, notice that. And then acknowledge it. Do they, are you acknowledging to them the things that you're thankful for? The other thing you can do in the notice section is, where are my thoughts going as I'm talking to this person? Am I just thinking about my needs? Am I thinking, do I even really care? Sometimes in a marriage, we get so used to one another. We feel like we know each other so well. We don't, you know, we finish each other's sentences. We don't, we don't feel like that there's anything else to learn, but there is. Because it's not about learning something about the person. It's about understanding where they are. It's about not judging them and making them feel appreciated and respected and loved in the middle of that situation. It's really pretty easy to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So on the bottom, my love language, his or her love language. Go to fivelovelanguages.com, take the profile, and then on the back of this card, right on the back of it, what you're specifically going to do to implement the other person's love language. Does that make sense? So you get your spouse or your friend or your child or whoever you do this with, because uh, the, the love language is not marriage specific, write down, this is how I am intentionally going to show love toward this person. I am going to love on purpose. Love goes first. So everybody with me on that? You want to implement it. Now, Understand this, the love languages is a suggestion. It's a tool because one day you can take it and it's like uh, personal time is at the top and another time gifts is at the top. So don't take this profile and say, all right, this is the only thing this, person's want, want, this person wants. Understand that there are different times in different situations. The goal is it's a tool to jumpstart your mind and jumpstart your actions to love first, right? To start acting toward this other person. Fivelovelanguages.com. The number of the word. The number five. They probably have both domains, I would, I would imagine, but the one I've seen. It's really easy. It's just a few questions. Um, I think you do have to put your email address in there. So you might, I'm sure you could unsubscribe from that if you wanted to. Any questions about that? What do you think? Something you want to put into practice? Love goes first. Let's look at some scripture for this, just the scriptural context. 1 John 4. First John 4, 13 through the end of the chapter. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit. You know, there's just so many times over and over and over and over that God wants you to understand your identity, that he lives in you. Christ in you is the secret. It's the big mystery that was revealed is that God is now going to live inside his people, and he's going to live from the inside out, and he's transforming you as you live. So, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. He's kind of setting this whole context here. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. I mean, what, was, what, what if you were married to somebody and your description of that person is, you know, Donald is love. Would Cheryl say that about you? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> 
can't be lying in church now. <laughs> Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this that we are like Jesus. Wow. There is no fear in love. I'm going to pause for a minute there. Because some of you have thought about this, and it's like, well, if I am honest with this person, it's not going to go so well. You know, don't be the kind of person that other people are afraid to communicate with, either because they don't feel like it's going to change anything or because you're going to, how you're going to react. I mean, when you start creating these, see, because what happens is if you actually put these things into practice, it goes into deeper conversations. And you start talking about those things that you hadn't talked about in a while. You start talking about those areas of life that you've just kind of swept under the rug and you've settled for this quality of life at this point. And it's like, well, if we go here, there's some things that I need to say that I never really got over. It might be 20 years ago something happened and we're married and everything's okay for now, but you know what, I just this has been nagging me. You have to give permission to people to bring those kinds of things out. You know? And if you have taken the first step to be at peace in who you are in Christ, you can give people permission to be and say whatever they need to say without reacting. You know, Are people afraid of your reaction if you choose to let them communicate and tell, them, tell you what's on their heart? Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loves us. You know, I love the, um, I think it's the, the New Living Translation. It says, if you are afraid of God, it shows that you don't truly understand his love for you. If you are afraid that he's going to punish you, you don't understand yet how much he loves you. And see, when you, when you boil all this into communication, it's, it, it comes down to, it's a commandment, but God never wanted us to follow him and keep his commandments from an external legal perspective. He always wanted obedience from the heart. God always wants you to do what he would lead you to do because it is a natural fruit of what and who you are rather than just, okay, I see that written and I'm going to do that thing. It's the same thing with this, right? When you start to engage in this, it's not just, okay, well, this is kind of church thing that we're going to do. You know, actually take some time and remember the value that you have for this person that you're going to have this conversation with, that you're going to have these conversations with. You know, find a sense of value because God moved toward us because of the value that he had for us. He loved us first because of the value that he placed on us. You know, how valuable to you are the people around you? I don't mean, what do they do for you? What do you get out of them? You know what I mean? I mean, how important is this person to me? Does, does this person know how important they are to me? Does this person know how I feel about them, you know? I, I wonder. I, I mean, I know this is kind of a giant counseling session, and we're all looking around, and we're staring off, and we're thinking, well, how is this going to affect my life, and what's it really going to look like? And, you know, you start... Already you start deciding boundaries of how far you're going to go and not go, and you're going to, you know, I'm not going to go, we're going to go here. Well, if he does this, then I'll do this, and if she does this, then I'll do this. You know, life is, your relationship is not a chess match. It's not strategic. 
It's not about who wins. It's not about, you know, this person needing, I need this person to be this for me. I would love to see our relationships at a place where our hearts are wide open. We still retain our personality. We still retain our resolve. You know, we're not becoming weak, emotional people that cry at the drop of a hat. But we're open. We're able to show people, look, this is, this is who I am, and this is how I'm feeling, and, and, you know, life is just horrible right now. And your response is, oh, yeah? Well, you think that's bad. <laughs> or it's, man, you know, how, how do you feel? What do you, what do you think about that? What do you, you know, what, how can I help? Or can we pray? Or, you know, what can we, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it it's a responsibility in that and how you choose to respond to people. Do you even care about people? I think some of us, we get to a point in life where it's like, all right, I've got my friends, I've got my bubble, I've got my job, I've got this, I'm good. Don't be rocking the boat. Don't be giving me other stuff to do because I've just now figured out how to live this life and it not drive me nuts. Well, you invite Jesus into your boat, into your bubble. You start to gain a confidence in him because of his love for you. And then you actually start to spill this stuff out on the other people. All of the stuff we talked about today, it's just tricks. It's just tips on how to be conscious and aware of what's going on in your own mind and in your own heart and how to intentionally show those people around you that you care about them and that you love them. It is how God's love is made perfect within us is, is, how, is when we show love toward other people. And it is the strategy of the body of Christ on this planet that they will know that we follow him by our love for one another, and they will believe that God sent Christ into this earth as we are one and united in him. Amen? It's pretty simple. It just always comes back to that same strategy, walking in love. Love goes first. You're going to notice and acknowledge and hopefully make this a way of life. And don't wait. Love doesn't wait. Love goes first. Amen? Would you get something out of it? Are you going to use the cards? If you want more cards, did we have some extra? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Maybe if you wouldn't mind, just set them on that back table because you might want to, you might want a card, uh, like for different people, right? You may have your, you might want a card for your kids, different card for each kid or spouse, parents, whatever. If you want some extra cards, there's some back there, um, and we can make more. I'm gonna, there's gonna be one for each, um, ser- each message in this series. That's the first one. So I. You know, I would love to hear some testimonies around this. I love the testimonies about, you know, somebody's leg grew out, a cancerous tumor fell off, but I, I love the testimonies about, you know what, we just were struggling, but we decided to sit down and pray and have a conversation and invite God into this and kind of let go of the pain that we were holding, and it's radically changed our marriage. It's radically changed. It's how I see I never, I never, I never cared about people before. Now, I want to hear some of those kind of testimonies. Don't be making them up, but <laughs> genuine. Amen? Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we can walk in love toward people because you loved us. We just want to be shaped and transformed into the image of your son. We want to reflect Christ's glory into this earth. And the one and only strategy is love. And we want to start in our households. We want to start in the mirror, knowing that you love us, and be so steady and confident and stable in your love for us and our love for you that it just naturally spills out. And Father, we thank you 
for the wisdom that we can gain of how to engage people in relationship. And, and, and God, we even, we even want to respond to our, the calling on our lives, maybe into some type of aspect of ministry of helping people, of helping people move past the pain, move past the judgments that they have of themselves. And we, ju- we just want to be, we want to be a safe place for people. We want to be an oasis of non-judgment for others. God, may it be said of us as individuals and as your collective body that when people communicate with me, I'm the one that they come to when they want to feel safe. I'm the one that people come to when they want to be, when they want to just let it all out and know that they're not going to be judged, to feel a sense of process, to feel a sense of forward motion, that they can just let that stuff go. God, I want to be that for people because all I have to give them is you. Father, we are committed to walking in love. We give you our minds and our hearts. We just want to express your glory. Thank you for this wisdom. Amen.